Welcome to another episode of Streaming with a Purpose. It's time to be inspired and motivated to live your best life on purpose. On Streaming with a Purpose, hear the stories of people who have, despite the odds, dealt with the challenges that life sometimes brings, but who still manage to overcome those odds. If you think life is tough and you have to settle for where you are, my guests and I are here to tell you, you don't have to. I speak to people who were once where you are and are now living their purpose. And I want to encourage you to live your life to the fullest. I am your host, Sylvia Montgomery. Let's take a listen to our next guest. Welcome to another episode of Streaming with a Purpose. I'm your host, Sylvia Montgomery. And of course, as you know, we are continuing our political series as we talk to local candidates who are running for various offices here um, in the Caroline County community. And I'm just so glad that you're listening in today. Today, we have with us Anthony Lippa III, and he is a candidate for Clerk of Court right here in Caroline. So we're just so great to have Anthony uh, with us today. Hi, Anthony. Hello, how are you today? I'm doing well. Um, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. That well, That's just great. We're going to uh, get an opportunity to just learn a little bit more about you, Anthony, and I just can't wait to just dive right in. Um, so as I'm looking at your bio, um, you, of course, you're a lifelong resident of Caroline County. So that's good to know that you are here wanting to serve the needs of the people that um, you've been a part of all of your life in the community where you've been all of your life. So that is just awesome. Um, you graduated from Caroline County High School and you began your public service here in Caroline um, as a dispatcher with the sheriff's office and just went on from there to be, become a patrol deputy. Um, and now you're a sergeant. So um, you are serving um, in this community as a public servant. And we do thank you for that. Well, I just want to make our community a better place because this is my lifelong home. I am the mm-hmm. only candidate on the ballot that was born and raised in Caroline. I'm the only one that actually graduated from the high school here. So to me, our community, because it's not huge, uh, you know, we we have around 30,000 residents at most, um, roughly. And so, you know, you, you know, a lot of people and like I grew up here, so I know all of these people that I went to school with. So it's more like family. This this community means the world to me. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about uh, family, Anthony, I can't help but, you know, I mentioned your own family ties and your family line as, as far as um, serving as a political uh, person here in this community, because you were sort of raised in that atmosphere, in that environment, correct? Yes. My father actually started off in the Virginia State Police. He was stationed here in Caroline back in 1978, and he worked his way up the ranks um, with the Virginia State Police, where he eventually retired there um, as the Virginia State Police uh, area commander back in 2003. He had a 25-year career with VSP, um, and of course, he retired to run for sheriff, where he was for 19 years. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. Yes, he has really served our community in that capacity. And I just want to ask you, so um, what you're doing currently, is that something that was just sort of expected of you to just sort of carry on um, uh, from where your father left off? Or has this always been something that you've been wanting to do? So funnily enough, um, back when I was growing up in high school, because my father became the sheriff uh, when I was 
roughly 12 years old. Um, and I was in middle school at the time. And everybody asked, you know, hey, are you going to be a cop one day? And I was like, no, of course not. Right. Uh, went to high school. Same thing. A lot of people because high school is really where you you start to set your sights on a career. Um, and I always said, no, no I'm not, I'm not going to be a police officer. It's, it's a dangerous job. You know, it's 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 crazy. You, you never know what you're going to get. And um, I never thought that I was going to follow in my father's footsteps in that aspect. And I became 18, graduated. Um, my father noticed, you know, how in tune I was with technology. And, you know, he was, you know, he'll be 70 next year. So he he didn't grow up with technology like I did. And he said, you know, we've gotten a lot of new technology down in dispatch. You're very good with computers. I can tell. Um, he's like, you graduated with fantastic grades. I actually did graduate with an advanced diploma. And um, he, he told me, he said, you should probably apply to be a dispatcher. You would you would be a, a great candidate for it. So I went ahead and applied. I did the whole process. And um, that's basically where I got my first introduction into it. And as I was taking calls uh, and just hearing all of these, you know, people in need for, you know, police, fire, EMS, um, part of our dispatch training is to go on a ride along. So I rode along with a deputy a couple of times. Um, usually we get placed with, you know, veteran officers that are field training officers and they're seasoned so they can kind of teach you and uh, help you better understand what they do. So you can do your job better as a dispatcher. And I had so much fun driving out there on the open road, meeting all the people, talking to everybody because you, you do, you meet somebody new every day. Uh, and it's, it's just, I never thought, like I said, I never thought in high school that that's where I would go. But after, after doing the ride alongs, I said, I want to, I want to do this. And um, that's why I only did a year in dispatch. I went mm -hmm. straight to the academy um, when I turned 20 and I graduated two weeks after I turned 21 because you have to be 21 here to be a deputy. Wow. So you didn't waste any time. Yeah. Like I said, I, I did just about a year in dispatch, what but I did enjoy my dispatch career. And I think I, I have the utmost respect for dispatchers. It is a very tough job. And I can say that because I've done it. Mm -hmm. I did not realize that dispatchers uh, did ride along. So that's news to my ears today. <laughs> it's at least part of our department uh, policies uh -huh. and procedures. And, it and I, I think like, it's a good thing to have. Well, had they not had that, um, had that uh, mandate there, then you wouldn't be doing what you're doing today, possibly. It, it's a small possibility because you, you still kind of hear and see what the deputies are doing when you are dispatching. So I think um, I think I still would have at least tried it. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. So, can you tell us, um, Anthony, why you are running for the clerk of court? So, the main reason is I want to better our community. I have been well in tuned with the circuit courts, um, the clerk's office, just from my job as a patrol deputy and now patrol sergeant. Um, we we do deal with the clerk's office in various aspects. And I want to bring the change and the technology and I want to update it and provide better service. I, as a citizen, have used the services that are required um, of the circuit court. So I've, I've been married 
I am still married by my high school sweetheart, who is also local. Um, so we got our marriage license there. And let's see, um, I own real estate. So of course, I've got some recording there. And I was baffled that and I got married in 2016. So I was like, I can't pay my fees with a credit card. And so that was like the first thing that jumped out at me as a citizen, because I don't usually carry cash, especially as, you know, as a cop, I see like the worst of the worst. And there's just no protection with cash. If you lose your cash, there's nothing that can be done. If somebody takes your credit card, it's easy to call up your credit card company and, and cancel that and you'd be refunded your money. So I, I just typically never carried cash. And, you know, most of this is, is digital. I mean, now we're starting to pay with our phones with, with pretty much everything, you know, you get your credit card saved on your phone. And so even to this day, here we are seven years later after that experience, and you still can't pay with a credit card. That technology is a very important component. So I would say that's truly one of the goals that you're looking to um, improve within the office. Do you have any other goals that you're looking at for that particular office? Uh, definitely. I would, uh, I'd, I'd want more training and better training because my background in law enforcement, we train all the time. I have taken hundreds, if not thousands of classes. You can never know too much and you can't know everything, but you could at least try. Um, I know, I, I believe there's only one certified deputy clerk there in the, um, the office. And if I were to be elected, I would definitely want more, um, certified deputy clerks so they could not only give the citizens a better service but it would minimize mistakes if they if they were trained better it would minimize mistakes because um we get a little bit more inside information down in dispatch to where i've got dispatchers calling me telling me that hey this court paperwork is messed up from the circuit clerk's office and I don't like hearing that. And I would like to minimize that. And I know we're human. Everybody makes mistakes. But that's one of the goals I would set, just better training to get them certified. It, it, there is a certification process that the state has. And to have only one employee there that is actually a certified deputy clerk, I would, I would aim to make all of my deputy clerks uh, certified in some aspect. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, so Anthony, as you know, the office holds a lot of historical information, a lot of information. And I'm speaking um, as an African-American myself, where a lot of, well, the historical data that's there is just so important to our community. For example, the Levings, who were uh, the first interracial couple. Um, and then we saw all of that even come about through a national television, but had it not been for so much of that data that still exists that we could go back to, to actually sort of relive that time, uh, such an um, instrumental time in history, then, um, you know, it would not have panned out as it did. So that historical data is crucial um, for our community, for the families and individuals that live here in our community. Uh, what are your goals for making sure that we can continue to maintain that data and that it is always on record? I agree. It is definitely an imperative and super important part of the clerk's office. Um, I know that 
the state does offer grants to preserve historical data. And I would definitely apply for those grants and I would fight for those grants to make sure that I'm doing everything right by the citizens to make sure that that historical data is not only preserved, but it doesn't get lost. I would actually, uh, I would look into seeing if we could get it back scanned to where it's easier accessed, whether it be online, if it's, if it's public information, it, it should be online. If you know what you're looking for, you should be able to go on a website um, and be able to look that up and it should be easily tracked down from the actual clerk's office. And that is basically where I am at on that stance. I, I think it's very important. And I would like to see at least um, if I would love to preserve the paper copy as much as possible, but I would also like to at least, you know, get it in a digital file to where it can be easily dispersed, uh, easily searched and easily printed or reprinted, I should say. So self, um, sort of like a self-service, being able to just go in and find it. Do you know what the process is now for um, accessing that data and how long it takes to get data? Uh, people right now, they usually have to come in themselves. And if they, they need assistance, it may be there. It may not be there. It's kind of a, uh, it's not, it's not a well-oiled machine right now is the way I'd put it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so Anthony, having said all that, what do you think is the most important skill for the person who works in this position? Uh, it's definitely leadership in my opinion. Um, I do come from a bigger agency. I know the clerk's office is less than 10 employees in total, and that's a lot of responsibility to put on less than 10 people. So you really do need to have sharp people that are trained well and they're treated well, especially. Um, I think we've all had um, bad bosses in our time. And you know, the work atmosphere when you have a bad boss. And I'm not saying that my opponent is a bad boss. I'm, I'm not bad mouthing anybody. But I'm saying that I know, from my experience, how I treat my people. I've, I've trained many people in my day, I know that, you know, they they enjoy working with me, because that's what it is. I, I don't treat myself as their boss. I even though I am assigned deputies, that they are my responsibility. They in my opinion, are they are my partners. I work with them. They do not work for me. We work for the sheriff. It's that's how and, and even the sheriff works for the people, the citizens. So I'm always working with them, treating them well and giving them a, a good expectation. And it it makes the, the morale much better on the on the shift. And uh, with with my leadership ability, I also come with the organizational skills that come with coming from a, a bigger structured agency that I don't think the others have the knowledge like, like I do. Um, I, I know that the disbursements of jobs in the clerk's office itself, because there's so many responsibilities. I want to make sure that I put people where they want to be. If I have somebody that is, that is willing and happy, happily experienced in criminal, um, in the criminal division of the clerk's office, I'm not going to take them out of that and put them on the civil division. You understand what I'm saying? I want them to be where they want to work, where they're happy and where they will succeed. So I would, I would definitely restructure the responsibilities to make sure that every one of my employees is working where they want to work because they'll work better. They'll work more efficient. They'll make less mistakes and it'll be better. Their, their moods will be better. So they'll be able to um, interact with, the public much better and they will know more because they're more passionate about what they're doing. Work culture is important. 
um, the culture that individuals work and the leadership that um, they're following, all of that is very important and has a lot to do with how well the work actually is going forward. Um, it says a lot about the particular office. So you actually have two opponents that you are running against in this particular election. There's the incumbent who's been there for at least eight years, and then another running mate. What distinguishes you from your running mates? I do believe, um, like I said, I'm going to touch on the leadership again. I have had formal leadership training. And once again, I come from a bigger department. So I think the ability I've, I've had, I can almost guarantee I've had more direct bosses and supervisors than uh, both of them. So I know what it's like to have a good supervisor and a bad supervisor. And um, I, I've taken out of the dozens of leaders that I have worked under and for and with, I've taken the good and I've, I've, I've used it and I've taken the bad and I've noticed the bad. I've learned from, from what they did. And I've learned from that to know that I won't do that to my people. And um, like I said, I, I know that I'm very organized. I, my, uh, you know, the deputies that I do have, they, they know what they expect. They know what to expect and what I expect of them. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Um, you know, you talked about um, things that you've learned based on leadership that you've been under. And I think that we can learn from so many different experiences that we have, even our own experiences, whether it's something that we were successful in that went well, you know, there's something that we learned from that going forward. And even mistakes that we've made or failures that we have, and not everybody calls our failures failures. Some of us call our failures um, opportunities to learn. So absolutely, they are. Um, you know, we learn from those as well. So could you share just some of the failures that you've had and also share some of your biggest successes and what you've learned from those experiences? Funny story, not so much funny. Um, but there was a point in my career um, yeah, I had gotten with my wife. We had, we've been, we were super happy and everything. And I was enjoying work a lot. And one of the things I was on a shift that we were really good friends. We all worked together well. Um, and we would always meet for, for breakfast in the morning, pretty much every day we would go to either Denny's or Waffle House. And I essentially put my emotional happiness before my physical happiness. And unfortunately, at, over time, I actually started to let myself go uh, physically. And I was at one point, so I'm five foot seven. And when I started with the sheriff's office, I was 170 pounds. After years of, a couple years, I would say, um, of just not taking care of myself health physically wise, I ended up over 270 pounds and I was still active duty, still doing everything I was supposed to do. But, um, I just, I just wasn't very happy with myself. And that really did affect my mental health, my physical health. And I told myself it's, it's time to change. So after, you know, a few years of being, uh, horrifically overweight, I decided to make the changes for the better for my wife. Um, because at this point, we had actually had a two-year-old um, and he was always like, dad, dad, come play. And me being at 270 pounds at five foot seven, I was out of breath. I couldn't even keep up with my son. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm almost 30. 
Uh, I want to be here for my family. I want to be here for my wife and my kids. And I can't believe that I let myself get the way that I did. And um, after a couple years of making the positive changes and, and recognizing that I need to do this for my health, my family, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to die of a heart attack at the age of 30 because I ate myself to death, basically. And so I started being more active. I started getting out more and eating better. And long story short, I went from 170 or 272 all the way down to 180, where I still currently sit around in the 185 range. Wow. That's a very personal, touching story, Anthony. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, and not everybody would be happy sharing that story, but the fact that you are willing to share that with us uh, just helps me to know that, you know, you're someone who doesn't really mind sharing your story, letting people know what you've been through, and um, just letting people know that you're willing to do what needs to be done in order to make something important happen. So what about your success? Well, we're going to piggyback going right back to my weight loss. Um, because like I said, I was still working with the sheriff's office. There was a couple dispatchers that I worked with and they also, they saw how I changed myself and they wanted to, to follow with the whole dispatcher to deputy. Um, one of the guys, uh, he, he came to me and he said, Hey man, I, I need help losing weight. You know, would you, would you train me? And, so um, I said, of course I will. And, and he started out at 240 pounds. We, we lifted weights. You know, he came every, every night we worked. As soon as he got off, um, I, I was on my day off because the way we work shifts, we have opposites. And um, so whenever he was working, I was off. I would come on my day off. As soon as he got off work, we were going to the gym for at least an hour, hour and a half. And every single day he worked, we did that. He went all the way down to 199 pounds and he made it through the Academy um, two years ago. And then just recently, another um, girl had graduated. She saw that I helped the other dispatcher become a deputy. And she asked me and I said, of course, I will help where I can. I have all this knowledge. I have the experience. I know how to do it. So I helped them do that. Um, she actually just graduated just a couple of weeks ago and she's doing great. So very proud of her. And um, another one of my big successes, I just, I love helping people. And that's why I'm in this line of work. That's why I'm doing this uh, for this election. I, I think I'm the best candidate for it. Um, my job as a field training officer, we had two, actually three deputies come out two years ago. They came out of the academy and I was part of all three of their field training. Um, and I actually had an open slot because when I, when I, whenever I get a new deputy assigned to me, I sit them down and I talk to them for a couple hours just to learn who they are personally and where they want to go professionally. Cause I have the means and the wherewithal to help them get where they want to be. And one of the guys, um, he came out of the city of Fredericksburg. He said, Hey, um, you know, I want to be, I want to be a drug cop. I want to be into the narcotics. I want to do all of that. So I said, all right, I'm going to help you get there. So I sent him, because like I said, training is a big, big part of my plan. Um, I sent him to the academy for plain clothes interview uh, classes, report writing classes, because if you're going to be an investigator taking on very big drug cases, you need to learn how to write a report as best as you can. So I sent him to report writing. I sent him to drug identification classes, drug trafficking classes, all these classes. And he actually 
He's now still with us, and he's on the DEA task force um, as a narcotics investigator for the Caroline County Sheriff's Office. So that opened up one of my deputy slots because the other two deputy slots, I'm assigned three deputies just for, for reference. And my other two, I had also been a training officer in their program, and I've kept them for five years and four years, respectively. As soon as they joined, they wanted to join me, and um, I, that, that just makes me happy. So like I said, those, those three deputies that just got out of the academy, um, I think a couple of years ago, I was a part of all of their um, training process. I had one spot open from the other deputy going to narcotics and all three of them put in a request to work under me. So I was really, you know, it, it just means the world to me that I can, that I can help and I can teach. And I, I feel like that's what I'm here for. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, what I'm hearing is that you took a what was not a good situation of your own personal experience, you took a not so good situation, and you turned it into something that was not only learned by you, but you use that to help others along the way, to build their character, to build their confidence. And um, you are also, uh, it seems to me to be a person of help, just for anyone who wants help. And if there's anything that you can do along the way to help them or assist them to whatever it is they're trying to go, then you're there for that, which sort of leads me into this next question uh, about your values. So what values do you hold dear that would be crucial to how you uphold this office should you get elected? Well, um, I've always been taught to respect everybody. Love thy neighbor is, is how I am. I, I, you know, sometimes it bites me that I trust so easily but I, I, I want to see the good in people. And, um, you know, I always, I always tell my, my new trainees, hey, treat any citizen on the street like it's your mother. And, you know, because I've got a very close bond with my mother. Um, she's actually around here somewhere right now because she's building a house right next door to me. So while that house is being built, she's actually staying with me. Um, her and my father are staying with me until this house gets moving ready, which hopefully will be in a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I love my family. I've been close with them. I have a sister who's also in the sheriff's office. Um, she's actually a school resource officer, which is wonderful because she is the resource officer at my son's schools. Uh, of course, her sons go there. She's got four sons and I have two sons, a four-year-old and a six-year-old. They both go to Madison Elementary where my sister is the school resource officer. So they get to see Auntie Ashley uh, doing the, uh, her thing at the school. So when, whenever they cut up in class, she's, she's on them. And I know that she, that they're in good hands. Um, the, so like I said, the, the biggest thing is I, I'm all for family and community. I actually sponsor a team uh, for the, the local co-ed softball. I grew up playing baseball and I went to the little league field many years. Um, I played for the Caroline County public schools for baseball. It's, it's one of my passions and it's, it's something that's great to, to be able to, to grow up with that, that sense of camaraderie of the teammates and work together for, you know, to, to improve ourselves as players and improves our, our, our character and as people. And like I said, I do sponsor a team with the current um, Caroline County parks and rec so I, I play and manage a team for the adult softball league. And it's just so fun to go out there every week and play with all these different people from the community play with, you know, and they're all, you know, different skill levels, but we're all there to have fun and be together. And it, it's a great time. I, I love the community. I love going to all the events. Um, I know 
in my time at the sheriff's office, there are many events that we do as a community to build the bond between law enforcement and our community, such as National Night Out, uh, the torch run for the Virginia Special Olympics, um, all of those things, a, a cops for kids where we go shopping with 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 um, you know less fortunate kids and we we give them a, a Christmas shopping spree. Those are all great programs that I am so happy that the sheriff's office does. And those are actually voluntary. So you don't have to, you don't have to do national night out. You don't have to go out there and be a part of the community if you really don't want to. Um, but I've done it for years and I've done it at different neighborhoods. Um, there's Facebook groups for pretty much every neighborhood, Belmont, Lake Caroline, Lake Landor. I've been a member of all of those groups for years uh, because I always want to be available for the citizens if they need me. And I want to help if somebody, if I can help, I'm going to help as is point blank. That's how I am as a, uh, as a person. And so I, I'm lucky that I've been, you know, to, to these community events and just, I love to be in the community. That is great. Thanks for sharing all of that, Anthony. And I'm sure that's so important to the people of this community as well. So my final question is, um, why should the voters of this community vote for Anthony Lippa for clerk of court? Uh, I am, like I said, uh, I am the only one that was born and raised in Caroline. I have a deep connection with this community. I am not just out in the community during election year. I am out year after year in the community. You know, as the citizens, they should know I have their best interest at my heart. And I will do everything that I've learned and attained from my long career in public safety. I, you know, I've dealt with every every office that all the all, all the county courts I've dealt with, uh, you know, the Commonwealth Attorney's Office, I have a good rapport with everyone I've worked with, I've made very little enemies, I in my day and, and that even includes uh, the people that I have to arrest, they always, you know, mostly apologize to me that you know, they had a they had a bad day. And I understand that I never judge anybody that I come in contact with, because I know if they're calling me, they're they're not having a great day and i want to try and make that better i i don't want to make it any worse i don't want to make it harder than it has to be um so like i said the citizens will definitely know that i'm there for them and i will do everything i can and uh to to improve this this office and and to make it better for the the citizens that come in the, the customer service is going to be there i am I, i'll have an open door policy any of the citizens if they want to come in and talk to me they're more than welcome to and I, you know, every time I'm out, whether it be at the food lion or just going to pick up a pizza at Domino's, I, everybody knows me. A lot of people see me, they come talk to me and I talk to them. I've always made it a point to, if I see somebody that I know, I'm at least going to come up and say hi, just out of respect. And if they want to talk, I'll talk. And as you know, already in this interview, I can, I can talk your ear off. Um, but uh, yeah. And if they don't want to talk, it's fine. I just say, just it makes me feel better that I see somebody that I know out of respect, I'm going to greet them. So the citizens and, and they, they can see my, my resume that I've been in a leadership position for years. I've trained and I've, have, have helped many people I've led and uh, I've had very great experiences with that. So bottom line, I, the citizens know that I've got their back. That is what I'm here for. I'm here for them. I'm not here for me. Is there anything else that you would like the people of Caroline County to know? Is there a place they can go to to learn more about you? Do you have a website or Facebook page? I do have a Facebook page. Um, you could look up my personal Facebook, just Anthony Lippa. I pretty much accept 
all friend requests uh, just so I'm available. Um, I have my campaign page on Facebook as well. I didn't do a personal website because most people don't go to political websites to begin with. They want to trust the link that they're on so that everybody's very familiar with Facebook. I think it's a great platform to reach out to the community. Um, I know the sheriff's office recently started being more active on their social media. And uh, that's one thing I would like to do. Um, I would like to start a Facebook page for the, the clerk's office. If, I, if I'm elected, that's one of the things I'm going to do. I'm going to optimize the website um, on the county side. Of course, I can't, I can't do too much about the state uh, court website, um, but the county website can definitely be optimized for the citizens and make it easier to, to schedule appointments and just easier to contact us. And um, so, yes, my Facebook page, like I said, you could just search my name, Anthony Lippa. It'll come up with my personal page. And my political page is also linked there. I have almost 500 followers. So that's, I'm, I'm ecstatic for that. I love that. I, I love that there's so many people following me and they're there supporting me. Um, you know, I wouldn't be here without the support of the people. So I definitely check out my campaign page and even my personal page. If you want to send me a friend request, by all means, send me a friend request. If you have questions, that's fine. Let me know. I mean, I have my my personal phone number on my political page. If you called me, I will answer and I will talk to you and I will answer any question that I can. And if, if I can help in any way, I will do it. That is great. Awesome. Anthony, thank you so much. Um, so you all heard him. If you want a friend request, Anthony, go ahead and do so. He is available to you. Um, thank you so much, Anthony, for being on the podcast today. We really appreciate everything that you shared. Um, your story is just awesome to know that um, we have people from the community wanting to continue to uphold and really hold up to the values that we need in the community. So thank you so much. And I want to encourage everyone to make sure that you do go to your place of election on November 7th to vote. Vote. And one of those candidates you're going to want to vote for is for the clerk of court. Thank you again, Anthony. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, go vote November 7th. Every <laughs> vote counts. I am independent. Yes. I know I didn't touch on that during this interview, but I am for the people, not a party. So I am independent. I need all the votes I can get. I don't, I don't have the financial and uh, support of a, a party, and I don't have a, a literally a, a party that that says I am going to vote for this party. I don't have that. So please, every vote counts. Get out there on November 7th. Thank you so much, Sylvia. It was fantastic talking to you today. Thank you for having me. You have just listened to Streaming with a Purpose with your host, Sylvia Montgomery. Thank you so much for listening and continue to stay tuned for our next episode. Until then, bye-bye.